Hey IDP Army, ever think about making your own podcast? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free, there's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. And you can make some money with your podcast too, with no minimum listenership. It's got everything that you need to make a podcast all in one place. So what are you waiting for, IDP Army? Download the free Anchor app and go to anchor.fm to get started today. Good morning, afternoon, evening. Whenever you're listening to us, we are 24-7 here on the IDP Army. We are here with the Dynasty Tailgate, and uh, I'm here with my buddy Billy. He is a college football savant, if you will. So he's passing down the knowledge. We're taking it all in, and we are learning more about the college football scape that is going to help us in our future fantasy football leagues. So, Bill, how are you doing today, man? I'm doing good. Um, everybody, I kind of I, I told you how Florida was going to beat Alabama last week, um, and Anthony Richardson was a scratch. They said he has a hurt hamstring. Although, what did he do before the game? A front flip during warmups is the hamstring hurt that's the question they didn't win because they had poor clock management i believe and they missed an extra point that's a whole thing but alabama can be beat that's what you know you made the king bleed that's what we learned this week and when you're dealing with the kinematic sequence how much is a hamstring used in a front flip I mean, I guess that's true. I don't really know how much that's a good point i've been a while since i've done a front flip but he looked like he could play. I, I need to see this kid on the field. He's clearly the best option they have. Um, but alas, here we are. Florida lost the game, and Alabama goes goes on. Don't they always? Speaking of Alabama, Lane Kiffin uh, kind of threw his old team under the bus when he said that they just have a ridiculous edge with the transfer portal, basically saying they get their po- choice of whoever coming out of high school and then also on the transfer portal. So. Not wrong. I thought that was pretty interesting with the shots fired there. Not wrong. In other recent news. OU has that as well. Yeah. In other recent news, uh, Kevon Thibodeau launched a new crypto today. It is called uh, a dream with a J and a money sign in front of it. So all you crypto people out there, I don't advise buying it, but uh, (laughs) look into it. It seems kind of interesting. Please get healthy, Thibodeau. We love you. He's too busy being a financial mastermind right now. That's fine. And then uh, do we have a QB controversy in Ohio right now? Uh, yeah, it looks like it. CJ Stroud yeah. is not not looking great. He's not living up to the standards. So we'll we'll see what happens there. But, yeah, it's definitely interesting. Um, definitely He's getting quote-unquote rest this week. Yeah, that's pretty telling if, if you ask yeah. me. That's how the great ones fall. Yeah. Rest. <laughs> unfortunately anywho we got some games to talk about this week yeah let's get it we'll, we'll get into a little bit of a recap from last week so i you know we had the big game alabama versus florida it lived up to the hype I, it was my game of the week last week and it, it it definitely showed everything um i'm taking john mechie off the board for wide receivers i don't think he's the best out Alabama wide receiver. I said this last week. If he's not the best Alabama wide receiver, how can I make him the best wide? Like the rest of these guys on this list 
are clear number ones, unless you're Garrett Wilson and Chris Olave, who are, you know, equally number one on Ohio State. But the rest of these guys are definitive number ones on their team. How can I make John Mechie one of my top 10 wide receivers if he's not even the number one on his own team? I, I can't do it. So I've taken him off the top 10 list. He'll probably get drafted late, but I don't really see him being relevant as far as football goes or uh, NFL football goes for the foreseeable future. Um, other news, new QB one in the clubhouse. It's Matt Corral. Um, I don't know if anybody watched him play over the weekend, but he did a little something, something, uh, 335 yards passing three touchdowns through the air, 68 yards rushing four touchdowns on the ground. Okay. He, he, he can have the Heisman. I was about to say, give him the Heisman for now. Like he, it, it might as well live at Matt Corral's house. He might as well be dusting off a spot in his trophy case because I don't, you know, that's going to take a lot to get that from him at this point. And if he goes out and beats Alabama, I think they play in a couple weeks. I, I don't see I don't see how he doesn't win it if they go ahead and win that game. Just a hell of a performance there. It's it's just it's it's that good. Um moving on, Spencer Rattler didn't look great against Nebraska. It was my problem with Rattler is that he has all of the tools. He just cannot make a decision. I, I can't I can't say why or how it's happening. It's it's bizarre. Lincoln Riley clearly has a project on his hands, and I'm not sure if he's gonna be able to figure it out. He's got to get out of his own mental way. Um he only had 214 yards passing. Nebraska's defense is not that good, so it shouldn't have been that bad. So kind of sucks because I'm obviously an OU fan, as I've told on this podcast. He is not he, he should be a lot better than he is, so it's kind of disappointing. But he's kind of tanking his value, so he might actually go end up to a good team, which is kind of what I'm hoping for. And, you know, if he ends up in the right system, he could do well in the NFL. Um, moving forward, we got Desmond Ritter for Cincinnati. He did not look great in this game, I'm not going to lie. Um, they, they needed everything that they could to get through that game. And Ritter kind of looked lost in that first quarter, first half. So kind of one that he could probably forget, but Cincinnati, you know, better days ahead for Desmond Ritter. Um, Carson Strong, I still don't get the Carson Strong hype. I, I will never understand the Carson Strong hype. People are saying that he could be the QB one. I don't personally see it. I think he's probably the fifth best on this list. Um, Sam Howell didn't have a lot to do. He threw for 300 yards, five touchdowns and 112 rushing yards, which was kind of crazy for him. Uh, yeah, Sam Howell of all people, that's not really somebody you think has a big rushing upside, but clearly not he can do it. Clearly he yeah. can do it if, if you give him the chance. So Sam Howell is interesting. Still think he'll be in the conversation for the first round, but the interesting one, and I still have no idea what to do with is Malik Willis from Liberty. So 242 yards passing, four touchdowns, 77 yards rushing, two touchdowns on the ground. He plays like Cam Newton. It's just he's at liberty. Like, <laughs> I, I, how am I supposed to how, – how do you grade liberty when they're playing subpar opponents, you know? Cam Newton was playing in the SEC. Yeah. Is he as big as Cam? He's – Yeah. He, I think, I believe he, he's either 6'4 or 6'5. He is very good runner as well, which is odd for that size. It's It was weird to see on Cam. 
Malik Willis plays like him. I, I don't know what I don't know how else to put it. It's it's just bizarre. I don't really know. It's tough to project those guys. I don't you know. get like the, it is. You get the Carson Wentz. You get the you know Trey Lance coming out of the small schools and stuff. And it's like, how do you honestly project these guys? Yeah, it's very so, tough. Obviously, San Francisco did. Yeah, so I yeah. I don't know what to do with Malik Willis. I think he's going to sneak up in the first round. I think he's going to be one of those guys that the experts talk themselves into. Um, by draft time, so I'm sure he'll sneak his way up there. You just—it's hard to look at these stats and say that's not going to work in the NFL under the right head coach. Um, RIP to Keaton Slovis. He got injured this past week. We're not going to see Keaton Slovis again. I had him possibly getting drafted in the first um, early in the season. Jackson Dart came in, which is a great name, by the way, just a great name. But Jackson Dart came in for him in relief USC, and he looked phenomenal. So I'm I'm not sure Keaton Slovis gets that job back, and I think we can probably put him pretty far down the the list of quarterbacks getting drafted in this in this draft. He'll probably be a fourth, or probably a fifth rounder at this point, um, unless somebody really believes. Um, I don't see he's not gonna he's not gonna play for the rest of the year probably unless Jackson yeah. Dart gets hurt. So this is a great name. It is a great name. So quarterbacks, I have it down to about six right now that I feel comfortable with. We're so we, we're just going to, as we go, that's just going to be our first round for now. And then we'll get back to, you know, we'll, we'll kind of weed them out as we go. But those are the six that could be in there as of right now. All right. We'll move to wide receivers because that's the most exciting part for me personally. I, I love this wide receiver class. It just gets better and better every week. So still number one to Garrett Wilson. He had six. Six for 70 for one touchdown. And if you watched Ohio State play Tulsa, they needed it because C.J. Stroud is not great. <laughs> He's not a great quarterback. And if, if he could still get that out of C.J. Stroud, that should just show you what how good Garrett Wilson is, is that he's able to make it work. Because on the other side of him, Chris Olave got one target. Zero, zero, yard, zero yards, zero catches, one one target the entire game against Tulsa and a game that they needed, like they actually were trying to win. They needed to move the ball. He got one target. It's crazy. Chris Olave is going to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Probably one target. That's concerning. It's not using your resources properly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I feel like the uh, film for that one's going to be interesting to say the least. I've had some weird red flags about Chris Olave, by the way. I don't, not really sure if I like how he plays football. I'm. It's one of those things. Just going to pin a note. Um, last last week, for example, or uh, when they were playing Oregon, um, they CJ Stroud threw the ball to him in the end zone, and instead of trying to go for the catch, he went for a PI flag. Tried to sell. The, it wasn't PI, but he tried to sell the PI, which I know is like a veteran move or whatever. But like mm, a little odd, a little strange. Why why would you do that in a game that you all were losing? You need to win. It's better if you catch the ball. I'm very odd. So I have a little, little, a little, sense. little red flags with Chris Olave, in my my opinion. But he's still he's the talent. I you know can't can't say anything about that. Um, we'll get on to more exciting ones. Traylon Burks for Arkansas, three catches, 127 yards, and a touch. Love that. That's yes, yes, please. Um, and the one I'm most excited about right now is Drake London. So Jackson Dart comes in. Drake London, listen to the stat line, 13 catches, 170 yards, two touchdowns. Give me that on my fantasy football team, please. Absolutely. 
That kid is good at football. Drake London, put that name down. You're going to want that guy on your team. He's probably not going to go until the second round. Um, but I, I'm just going to read you all these stat lines throughout the year, and you're going to be like, okay, he had a good game. Okay, he had another good game. Okay, he had another good game. When They're, they're going to play Oregon eventually, and that's kind of their biggest test, I think, on defense. But Drake London is, is a dude, as they say. The dude is 6'5", 210. Yes. That is yes. massive. He, I, I mean, Joe, I feel like we see these guys and we're like, how did they drop into the second round? Yeah. This, this is that guy, I think. Uh, I think this, yeah. he just, he looks like the part. Terrace Marshall, the part, right? the, Like, yeah. The big bodied possession guy that's just a monster. Very great. All right. And the, the one I'm loving the most right now is Jahan Dotson for Penn State. 10 catches, 78 yards, and a touchdown. He's just a very reliable, his, the quarterback for Penn State sucks. He's just a very reliable guy. He he, you can clearly see that he is going to help that quarterback the best he can. I think that's all you can ask for in a wide receiver, um, because you know if you're not a good quarterback, you need a guy you can trust. And I think Jahan Dotson is that guy. Yeah. Um, I'll quickly go through the rest of this list because it's not as entertaining. But Jalen Tolbert, our South Alabama Jaguar, two for fifty-four. Better days ahead. He's playing for South Alabama. You can only do so much. Uh, David Bell, seven catches, 64 yards. He's still solid. He got hurt in that game um, for Purdue. Going to monitor that going forward. Uh, Justin Ross, seven for 61 for Clemson. Uh, DJ is not living up to the hype so far as the quarterback there. It's going to be interesting to see. I think Justin Ross should be able to overcome that, but he's not. So I don't know. He was injured last year, so maybe it's still uh, you know something to monitor going forward. Um, only other, I just want to touch on one more wide receiver. He's not eligible this year, but he will be next year. This is mainly for the Debbie guys out there. I'm sure you already know him, but in case you don't North Carolina wide receiver, Josh downs, eight receptions, 203 yards, two touchdowns, pretty darn good. And his, you know, Sam Howell was finally found his guy, I think in Josh downs and just a name to keep in mind for two years from now in that draft. Um, I'm just going to quickly run through the running backs because it was not an exciting week of football from the running back position. I'll just run through my favorites. Brees Hall, 21 rushes, 100 yards, and two touchdowns. No catches, but that's okay. Isaiah Spiller, 15 rushes for 116 yards and a touchdown for Texas A&M. He, he looks like the best running back in America right now for college football as long as, as far as drafted ones, obviously. Um Kyron Williams, 12 rushes, 91 yards and a touchdown, two catches, 47 yards and a touchdown. He's going to be our guy that's the dual threat, can catch and run out of the backfield. Um, I see those as the top three right now. There's a couple more that I'm monitoring further down. Zonovan Knight had a 100-yard rushing game. Eric Gray is getting interesting for Oklahoma, but they still haven't featured him fully. And C.J. Verdell had a pretty good, pretty decent game. They were also playing Stony Brook. So, I mean, what, what can you really expect from him? Um, and then Travion Henderson, as I was mentioning to Joe before the podcast, freshman, Ohio State, 277 yards. Kid's a stud, three touchdowns. He's a freshman, won't be eligible for a little while. So just put a pin in that. Um, I'll quickly run through the defense. Don't want to bother everybody too much with defense because if you're not if you don't play idp you might not be as interested but uh kyle hamilton the safety 10 tackles two passes defensed kyle hamilton looks like the real deal at safety it's going to be a guy that you need to look forward to in your drafts um 
I'll touch quickly on the D line. Uh, DeMar- DeMarvin Leal for Texas A&M, three tackles, one and a half sacks. Also on top of that, one and a half tackles for loss. Um, definitely like him. Um, and then we'll go to the linebackers. Nick Benito for Oklahoma, five tackles, two sacks, three tackles for loss. He is clearly the, one of the best pass rushers in America. So Nick Benito should sneak into the end of the first round, I think. Um, and then I'll touch on Adam Anderson from Georgia, four tackles, one sack, one tackle for loss. That Georgia D line is the best, one of the best I've seen in years of college football. I, I mean, good. back to Alabama days, probably like back to the like 2011 Alabama teams. Um, I haven't really seen a defense this good. So that's pretty much what happened last week. Uh, there's definitely more. You know, there's some good other performances, but that's kind of the main ones you need to pay attention to. Um, we, we need to get to these good slate of games, though. Yeah. I am I didn't get to watch a lot of football last week. I am praying to God I get to watch more this week. I hope so, dude. I, I stayed up till 3 job, man. I stayed up till like 2 a.m. watching Chip Kelly get whooped by a kid who could barely stand. He looked like he like had gotten shot in the ribs and <laughs> – he was struck. I, I, I feel like I'm going to send you this after. You just need to watch the last drive. If there's like a highlights of the last drive of this Fresno State kid versus UCLA, he's barely standing. He's like hunched over and he's just like throwing dots to his wide receivers <laughs> against UCLA. And they ended up winning. It was like a movie. It was wild. But 2 a.m., I was, you know, a couple whiskeys in. It's a great watch. I, I was excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. So, we'll get to this week. It's week four, college football. We need, to, we need to start figuring out who's who. We're starting to get to the harder games. So, I will go. The game of the week this week is Notre Dame versus Wisconsin. Uh, there's not a lot to say on the Wisconsin side of the football, so I'll just get through them quickly. They don't really have anybody that is like a first-round or second-round talent. There's a linebacker on their team named Jack Sanborn who is somebody to watch. Um, I don't really project him to be much of a early rounder, but third, fourth round, he could be good. Wisconsin's kind of one of those like young teams needs to build back up. But Notre Dame, obviously we have the number one safety in the class. Kyle Hamilton will be in this game. Got to have to watch him. Uh, and then they have the number four running back right now, Kyron Williams. Um, also, Wisconsin's got a pretty stout defense on for running backs, so I definitely would like to see what Kyron Williams can do in that kind of uh, in that kind of a role. And then Jack Cohn for Notre Dame. This is just a key to the game. He was a this he used to play at Wisconsin, and he got pretty much benched and forced out, and he transferred to Notre Dame. So this is the Jack Cohn revenge game, Joe. He's sharing that inside information. Yes. So, you know how much I love those revenge games, man. Yes. I, I love a good revenge game. So this yeah. is the Jack Cone revenge game for <laughs> uh, for him, for Notre Dame. So Notre Dame, Wisconsin should be the game of the week. Game day will be there. You fire up your TV on Saturday morning, and you will be able to watch as they talk from there. Um, all right, so we'll get to the other players that were are in kind of decent matchups this week. Um, you got the number three running back, UCLA, Zach Charbonnet. Did not have a, a good week last week. He just didn't. 
Um, they they were getting beat by Fresno State. They were in catch up mode, so they were throwing the ball. He didn't really have a lot to do. So kind of a this will be a good week for him to bounce back. They're playing Stanford. Um, Stanford took it to USC, so I definitely could see him having a good game. But this will be a decent test. Um, the number one cornerback I have. I don't know what to make of Derek Stingley. Um, he was good two years ago. He was not great last year. He's not been so good so far this year. So uh, the interesting thing is he's good. He's a good player. It's just, is it the scheme or is it him? You would think he would be able to overcome the scheme, but he hasn't so far. So I don't really know what to make of that. Um, They're playing Mississippi state, you know, um, they got a lot of firepower. So this will be a good get right game for Derek Stingley. I hope, but then again, I've said, good get right game for Derek Stingley for two weeks now and it's not happened. So guess we'll guess we'll see what happens. He did have two tackles for loss last week. So he was trying to get more involved or they were trying to get him more involved. And he did, you know, that'd be a decent IDP week from a cornerback to get two tackles for loss. Yeah. Um, The number one tight end, Jaden Wiedermeyer, I think is how you pronounce it versus Arkansas as well as Isaiah Spiller, the number one running back, and number two defensive lineman Marvin Leal are all playing Arkansas. So Arkansas has a pretty weirdly stout defense. I was kind of surprised. I mean, they're mostly a running team, and they rely on that in the defense. I'm kind of surprised. I didn't really expect that from Arkansas, but that's that'll be a great test for them. Their offense has not looked spectacular so far for Texas A&M. So I will. I, this will be a good matchup to uh, to really prove what they can do. Uh, other side of the ball, obviously Traylon Burks, who I have as number three wide receiver this week. This will be a good week for him to prove it because Drake London is firing up my board right now. Um, obviously playing Texas A and M. Texas A and M has a really good defense, so this will this will be good good showing from Traylon Burks. If he has a good stat line in this game, maybe I'm freaking out over nothing. All right, so the number five running back right now, Zonovan Knight for North or for yeah North Carolina State. Uh, they're playing Clemson. Clemson has the second best D line in the country right now. I think um, this this is a prove it game for Zonovan Knight. Not a lot of people are on Zonovan Knight yet. I haven't seen a lot of uh, a lot of people that are in the Devi community mentioning him. I mean, probably have, but like I haven't seen a lot of them mention him as one of the guys getting drafted high this year. So. I definitely, I, I see something in the kid. I think he can definitely make something happen. He's got some explosiveness in him. So I think against Clemson, people will be like, oh, shit, that guy's actually really good at football. So excited to see what he can do. Um, Iowa State is playing Baylor this week, which means Brees Hall, the number two running back, and the number three linebacker, Mike Rose, are going to play Baylor. It's three and zero versus three and zero. I'm not sure that Baylor's that good, but I would love to see if Baylor's good. They Iowa State has been less than spectacular so far. They have not looked great, but this will be good for a good chance for Breeze Hall to really show what he can do. I still believe that he is the second best running back in this class, but I will admit I don't think this running back class is as good as I thought it was going to be going into the year. I thought Isaiah Spiller was going to be Nick Chubb. 
He's been good. I don't know if he's at Nick Chubb level yet. Nick Chubb just looked different on the field. Isaiah Spiller hasn't really looked different yet, but it's early. It's, it's, it's early. early. It's yeah. It's only week four. There's yeah, a lot of legs on there. Yeah, and we haven't even gotten to the hard games yet, really. So we're we're just just now tiptoeing into conference play for some of these people. Um, our South Alabama Jaguar Jalen Tolbert is going against Louisiana Monroe. That's probably one of the best tests he's going to have all season. So. That poor, poor quarterback for South Alabama is going to have to try his best, but this would be a great showcase for Jalen Tolbert. Um, I think a lot of people are going to get to see what he can do um, against them, and I, I, I don't think they're going to upset Louisiana Monroe, but I would love to see Jalen Tolbert at least get like one catch where he gets to show his athleticity, as our friend Josh says. That would be <laughs> this would be a great way to show it for him. Um. David Bell has a concussion, as I was saying earlier, for Purdue. I'm not positive that he's going to play this week. A lot of places have said he's not going to play, but somebody to keep in mind. And then Matt Corral, our number one quarterback, is on a bye. Next week he plays Alabama. So Nice rest week for the stud. Yes, he gets a whole week to prepare for Alabama. I hope he's Wayne been, Kiffin has a plan. Around. Yes. Oh, yeah. Hopefully Another Lane, revenge game for you. Yeah. Yeah, Lane Kiffin finally gets to – oh, maybe. I mean, we'll see what they can do. I'm I'm interested, to say the least. Um, as far as rankings for the players go, nothing really has changed. I, I have only – I've taken Keaton Slovis off the board. I don't think he's going to be somebody we need to worry about. Matt Corral is number one. Uh, Spencer Rattler is going to be number two for now um, with – you know, a chance to move up. It's going to only get better for Rattler, I think, as the season goes on. It's really going to matter who gets to that playoff because apparently that means a lot to these college scouts. Well, not necessarily the college scouts, but these teams. I don't think anybody w- – I don't know what Justin Fields was going to look like prior to like what he did against Notre Dame in the playoff last season, but it definitely bolted him up watching what he did in that game. Yeah. So getting to see these guys against better talent is actually, you know, weighing a lot more than I would think it would. But that's I think that's the only way Spencer Rattler is going to be able to vault Corral by the end of the season is if he goes into that playoff and shows what he can do against Georgia or Clemson or Alabama. That's really the only chance that he's going to have, I think, going in. All right, Joe, what, what questions do you have? I, you already touched on it, and we talked about this a little bit earlier. Um, watching these games and everything, you see the the dominance of certain players that that you see on paper, but the players that I see that are just dominating are not the ones that are necessarily talked about as much come draft season, just yeah. from years' experience in the past. Um, I just you know if I could pick your brain as to what you look for in a top running back per se. So I, I used to think the same thing. I mean, some, some guys you can just tell Derek Henry. Yeah, uh, you could just yeah, tell Mark. Those guys. Ingram, you could just tell, but like years like this or like last year, for example, I don't think anybody thought that, um, what's the kid from Pittsburgh? Um, 
Najee? the running back Najee. Najee. I don't yeah. think anybody thought Najee Harris was going to be the best running back in the class last year. I don't. I don't know if going into the season, any. I mean, he played for Alabama. Obviously, that meant something. He was good at down the stretch against good opponents. That also mattered. But like two years ago, for example, it was Clyde Edwards-Helaire. That was not the best running back in the class. It no. wasn't. And, and nobody thought that. So I guess it, I personally, I'm just taking it. What do they do against good competition? Because that's really, you know, you need to see them play other NFL players. Like that's the right. only way that I can, I am judging players now because like Clyde Edwards, Hilaire, for example, that was a scheme. The scheme made Clyde Edwards, Hilaire good. Like that yeah. was Joe Brady that did that. That was not, you know, he just happened to be a beneficiary of being in that offense. We're kind of seeing that as he's transferred to the NFL hasn't really looked great so far. So uh, for me personally, like Isaiah Spiller, for example, he just runs with power and that, that yeah. I'm just like, I see that. And I'm like, okay, can that translate? If he has a better O line, like, will that make sense in the NFL? If he gets good blocking and it's like, probably so, but like the, it's the kids like Zonovan Knight or Zach Charbonnet where they're playing for UCLA and NC state. I don't know. <laughs> I yeah. don't know. Like they look well, great. Like, I remember. I, I, just I remember know. watching Aaron Jones at UTEP. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't know if many people were talking about Aaron Jones. No, they weren't. I remember being like, you know, this guy looks pretty good. But then he, I think he went in the fourth round. Yeah. In the NFL draft, and now look what he's doing: stealing senior sombreros or senior cheeseheads hat in the end zone, and <laughs> you know, just studding out. So it's uh. It's those smaller guys that on paper, it's just like you watch them play and you're like, man, this guy looks really good, but no one's talking about it. And then they don't get drafted. So, yeah, I, just, I mean, how much you weigh the, the obviously a huge part of this is where do they get drafted to? Like yeah. that matters a lot. Like some players get drafted to teams like Miles Gaskin, for example, when he was at Washington, he was really good at Washington. Did I think that he was going to be the starter for Miami going forward? No, no, yeah, I didn't. And like, that's just the opportunity he happened to fall into. But like, I, I yeah, I, I can't understand how some of this stuff happens. But yeah, I, I, like CJ Verdell this year, I think is going to be, he plays for Oregon. I think he's going to be super sneaky going in the draft because he's like one of those guys to me. Like he's yeah. one of those guys where he doesn't look, he doesn't look the part. Like you don't think much of him because he's a little undersized and he played at Oregon. So it's like, Oh, whatever. But he, he looks like that guy for me, which is why I have him higher now than I used to because him and Kyron Williams, I just think are like two of the best running backs in this class as far as they like can catch the ball and run the ball. So yeah, we'll see oh, how it helpful, goes. Though. We'll see how it always it goes. kills me. I watch a lot of video uh, during after the draft, going into the draft, that sort of thing. Watch highlights and everything, and you know, there's certain players you see, and you're just like, man, this guy's gonna be good. And then in rookie drafts and stuff, he's going in the second round. And you're just, why is no one on this? You know? Yeah, and that's, what, and that's what kills me. I guarantee that's gonna happen. That's gonna happen with some players this year. I uh, and. It kind of, yeah, like I said, it kind of depends on where they get drafted, but yeah, like we're watching some of these wide receivers and I'm going to like Justin Ross has bust written all over him, by the way, he's probably going to get drafted high because of who he is and where he went to school. 
I, you talked about the guy like London Drake, right? I mean, you're yeah, looking Drake on London, paper yeah, for Drake USC. London. Sorry. Yeah, he's 6'5", 210, and he put up stat lines like that in college. He's not being talked about in the first round or anything like that, from my knowledge. But you put that on an NFL team with a good quarterback, he's going to be unguardable. So it's right. Exactly. That's what people need to be paying attention to is. That's why I think so, which is why I'm mentioning him up there right now, because like I guarantee as this draft season starts, Drake London probably not going to be one of the guys talked about. But I think that he I think that he is that good. And so I'm going to keep him up there because I'd rather people like 13 catches in a game. I'm pretty sure last week he had double digit catches as well. He he just no he didn't it was two weeks ago because last week they got upset so two weeks two weeks ago he also had like thirteen catches and it's like that right there you, you could catch the ball that that is helpful that's a helpful thing for me to see it's when like um what's his name Traylon Burks this week three catches for 127 yards and a touchdown how do you project that like yeah. That seems like boom or bust. And, yeah. You know, no, three Henry catches Ruggs, could just as easily go for three. It's for like 20, Henry Ruggs you know? in the NFL is boom or bu- considered boom or bust now. He wasn't in college. I mean, you you could count on him to get seven or eight catches in a game. You didn't need no. – he didn't need to just catch one ball. He caught seven or eight. Now he's boom or bust because that's just, you know, how he's morphed into. But Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely interesting. But week four looks promising. Um the top doesn't really have a great slate of games like the top ranked teams. So kind of, kind of another bummer. Oklahoma plays like West Virginia, I think, which it will be on primetime ABC. Check it out. West Virginia is going to whoop that ass. I promise you that will not happen, <laughs> but yeah, I would say the two best games this week are definitely Notre Dame, Wisconsin, which is an 11 a.m. Kick. Probably nobody's going to care. Like, Fox, stop doing 11 a.m. kicks to your best games. It's so stupid. Nobody wants to watch it at 11 a.m. I get it. It's a big noon kickoff and all that bullshit, but stop it. And then Texas A&M plays Arkansas at 2.30. So that'll be a fun game as well. Seven versus 16. So that'll be fun. Yeah. I'm excited, man. Yeah. That's all I got. Week four. We're here. We are here. Next we're getting week, through this season. Next week, we're going to talk about studs and duds for the first four games of the season. So, awesome. Cannot wait to do that because there has been some duds, also been some studs. Yeah. Surprises. So, yes. Letdowns. I give a MP- college football. I'm going to give an MVP for the first four games of the season. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. We're going to have a little awards. I love it. Week, yeah. week five awards. Yes. So, anyway. That's all we got for this week. Joe, get us out of here. Guys, enjoy football this week. I know I will be trying my best to catch all these games, and we will see you here next week. Have a good one.